Can you hear me? Yeah, what's up, dude? All right, there we go. It's about time. <laughs> All right, so welcome to our podcast that we don't have a name for, but <laughs> we finally got fi- this figured out after about five tries, so... Smooth sailing so far. You hear me right, all right? I can hear I can hear you, yeah. Okay. I'm on the iPod. All right, perfect. All right, so we have a few things we want to talk about today. Um, obviously, it's going to be MSU sports related. Uh, we're going to start out with a rundown of the football season. Uh, thoughts on the coaching staff and changes that might need to be made for next season. And then we're going to get into basketball because there's a game tomorrow against Louisville on the road and yep. uh, talk about some of the games that have happened already this year. So let's get into it. All right. So this football season was, I guess, yeah, you could, let's put it, putting it nicely. It was very disappointing. Yeah. Uh, they, MSU went seven and five. Um, lots of, they had a lot of injuries, but the offense was probably the worst it's ever been in the Antonio era that I can remember. By um, far. <laughs> uh, and they struggled to beat Rutgers, uh, one in now 11 Rutgers on Saturday. And Mike and I sat there the entire game through that <laughs> entire debacle. And it was probably one of the worst football games I've ever watched in my life. So give me your thoughts on this season. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I mean, I think the most glaring thing to me is the injuries because I couldn't believe. I mean, we went to what our fourth punter, we went to a, we went through like every uh, scholarship receiver we have. We went through. We're on our second quarterback. I think we pretty much played almost. We played most of the scholarship uh, linemen that aren't freshmen. Not all of them, but most of them, and just so many, so many injuries. Uh, it, it's frustrating, and then yeah, disappointing because I mean I think everybody came into the season and they thought. Well, this team won ten games last year. They should be one of the favorites of to win the Big Ten title, and we weren't even really close to getting to Indianapolis this year. Uh, we, we're closer to just barely being bowl eligible. So it, disappointing for sure, and frustrating, and kind of just wanted it to be over. And I think we're glad that the regular season is over, and I'm glad we beat Rutgers. Yeah, yeah, it's it was a. Definitely a difficult season. They uh they struggled with they I mean they they lost once the North was after like I after the Arizona State game I still had some hope. Yeah, I mean you know because uh, but once the Northwestern game once they lost that game I was like man this might be a long year. Yep. It was just there was that's when the injuries really started to hit and I. I had I've never seen like I thought 2015 and 2016 were bad with injuries. I've never seen a team get hit this hard with injuries. I think they were missing. I don't know what ten. I, somebody mentioned today they were missing ten starters for the Michigan yep. game or something I, like that. I know D'Antonio said that uh, there's only two offensive players that have played bits in every game. I honestly couldn't think of both of them, but. That's what he was saying. Two normal offensive starters. Maybe I mean, Higby. I don't know if he missed any time. Um, yeah, it was it was Higby and uh, yeah, I think that's it, really. <laughs> and oh, Matt Sokol. He was the other one. Oh, yeah, Sokol. That's true. That's true. But uh, yeah, I, I've, like I said, never seen a team get ravaged by injury like that. Uh, they Next year, I mean, there's a lot. 
to build on with the defense because once again the defense was stout and this Incredible. was pro- probably his second best defense he's ever had. His defense, the defense got better as the year went along. That's factual, and it, it was almost surprising because they didn't give up at all. They kept producing. They kept, and I mean, even in the games where, like Ohio State, you look at the score for Ohio State, it was twenty six to six. Literally nine of those points had nothing to do with the defense. At I think all. It was I think it was more than that because they turned the ball. I think I think Ohio State really in reality scored like fifteen points. It might have been more. The offense just it based was, on what the well, offense did. There was literally nine points where the defense wasn't even on the field. Is what right. I'm saying. Okay. But, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about when they when where they turned the ball over because there oh, were a few yeah, times no, where they, they turned the ball, in, put them yeah, in awful right. positions and stuff. Then you right. can even factor more points there, but that literally nine of those points, they weren't even on the field. And then when you go into Nebraska and you don't, literally don't give up a touchdown and you still lose the game, it doesn't get much more frustrating than that. And I, I got to give props to the defense because they continuously showed up. They didn't They didn't hang their head. They, they kept going at it and they really got better as the year went along. You can look at that defense and you can point out there better at least be like three guys, three four guys who see all Big Ten teams. Absolutely, first I think I think that uh, Kenny Wilkes is almost a lock to make first team all Big Ten. Yeah, he might win D lineman of the year in the he, conference. That guy has been was he was even better than he was last year, which is saying uh, a lot. <laughs> yeah, he was. I I I I, I think he's going to be back next year. I think I think most the three there's three guys where I think that you can have a worry about them possibly leaving early is Kenny Wilkes, Justin Lane, and Raekwon Williams. But I think all three are probably going to stay. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really have any, I don't really have any information on it or anything. Well, I, Kenny's, you know, dad's a, Kenny's dad's a, a cardiovascular surgeon in Grand Rapids. He doesn't really need money. Uh, Raekwon just seems like the kind of guy that back. he wants to finish it out. He doesn't seem like he's in a hurry to leave or anything. Uh, he, he likes the family atmosphere. The one I would be probably would think might have the most chance to leave is Justin Lane, but I think he might also have the lowest of stock of those three. And I think coming back, he could, he's got the potential to be at best a first round pick. I think that he has the best potential out of anybody on the defense next year to be a first yep. round pick. Yep, I agree with that. So I I think I think you you see those guys come back, and I. I D'Antoni uh, talked a lot this year about the chemistry, and I know a lot of people are frustrated. They're like, well, chemistry doesn't lead to wins. But that has a lot to do with these guys' decision, and they're going to think, okay, I come back, we can win a Big Ten title next year and, and be the best defense and maybe in the entire country next year and, and do some big things. So, I mean, and the defense was missing Josiah Scott for – you know, eight out of the 12 games this year. So they, they got better as the year went on. And obviously Josiah Scott's presence played a role in that. I mean, heck, without him in the Rutgers game, we'd probably lose that game. So. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, and we did see there was definitely a drop off with Josiah out because there, as you saw, Michigan game. Uh, Trey Person got burned on the DPJ play. He got, or, he got that, per, yeah, he got burned in the Northwestern game. Too. Yeah, so I mean, it, he is definitely. I mean, the two guys they've got are pretty. I mean, that's about as close as I think that you're going to see to uh, 
what you had in 2013 with Darquez Denard on one side of the field and Trey Wayne's on the other. I'm not yep. saying that both are going to be first round picks, but they they are both the very very there. good corners. Yeah, absolutely. I think just I think Justin Lane has more of an NFL future than Josiah Scott because does. Of but his just, body. Yeah, but Josiah Scott is. I, I I expect him to be in the league at some point. I I, I, I think mean, so too. He's he's a small guy. But he's such a good cover corner that it's like it's going to be hard to leave that. I think he's got a definitely sure potential, and especially in, in a league where size isn't mattering as much as speed in the NFL these days, you, you can make it. I mean, across the defense, you can see guys are linebackers are getting a little bit smaller because they need to be fast. Right. Right, yeah, because you see all these these concepts from college. There's a decent amount of concepts from college being brought into the pro game, and you need a lot of speed on the field to cover these wide receivers nowadays. Yep. yep. Um, but, yeah, so get, getting into that, the offense obviously was a massive disappointment. And there, I, I am of the opinion that I think the coaching staff on the offensive side of the ball needs some change up. I'm not sure what that's entails I would there are three coaches that I have been specifically frustrated with this uh, probably the past three years not maybe 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 more so for one of them the last two um I've been frustrated well Dave Warner I've been frustrated with since he became the offensive coordinator. let's <laughs> let's let's get that out of the way first um but yeah Dave Warner's one of them the offensive coordinator who has drawn the ire from Spartan fans for years since he since he got promoted to the OC job in 2013 um the tight ends coach Jim Bowman who I don't know what that guy does to be completely <laughs> honest with you at this point and Mark Staten who is actually bringing in a pretty good recruiting class next year so I would be surprised to see him go because I don't think they want to lose anybody and a lot of line class he's the he's the assistant head coach he's also the recruiting coordinator as of now yep. i believe yep um, and the assistant head coach so he's got a lot of titles i don't think you'd ever see him go but he, he's got scrutiny going his way and rightfully so yeah i i i don't i know the valenti i know i know you're not a big fan of him but i was listening to him today and he was he was ripping state nonstop, and he was like saying he doesn't recruit well i disagreed with that because i I tweeted at Mike Sullivan today that uh, I was like, hey, this is who I got. I, I'm not a big Staten fan, but hey, he this is the recruiting class he's bringing in next year. It's pretty good. Yeah. So it's not like he's sitting around not doing anything. Jim Bowman, on the other hand, I have no <laughs> idea what the hell this guy does. He, he, he The tight ends were terrible this year, and I don't know what he does on the recruiting trail. Like, like who wants to listen to this guy? I don't understand which what type of – what kid would listen to what this guy has to say when he's recruiting them? Like, I, I don't get what he brings to the staff because it's, it's like that GIF you see. What exactly is it that you do here? That absolutely applies, in my opinion, to Jim Bowman. I, I don't know what he does. Uh, That's hilarious. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I, mean, I don't know what he does. I, I don't, and I, I don't think he's one of the top recruiters either. I mean, for like, so like, Steve talked about his ability to recruit. There's definitely an ability there, and even Dave Warner brings in some solid recruits, and he he develops good relationships with his players. And I think part of me because Mark Antonio makes a decision, and he even said this in his press conference after the Rutgers game. He said it's not just about calling a play to me; it's about teaching concepts. It's about 
It's about having a solid classroom with your position group, and it's about recruiting and the relationships you establish. So that's a part of the reason for his his belief in continuity. He believes he has a family atmosphere, and I think every player will tell you that that's a fact. And so I, I, I don't. Bowman's probably the one that to me is most like okay. If he was gone now, I'd be the most happy because I don't really even know what his contribution is. Warner, I could, I could be okay with him remaining on the staff in some capacity because his ability to recruit and his ability to uh, establish those relationships. And same thing with Peyton. But absolutely with Bowman, I'm like, I don't even freaking know. Right, I have no the... idea. I don't know what he does. <laughs> I really don't. And he's, he's definitely not coaching the tight ends well because you and I both saw how many drops they both had this year. It was not good. I, I have never seen that many drops from a position group, uh, from that position group at least. And, and yeah, Josiah Scott, I mean, geez, God, Josiah Scott, Josiah Price uh, spoiled MSU fans for three years or yes. whatever. And, and they had Deion Sims before that. So uh, obviously Michigan State fans are very, very used to getting big contributions from that position. And it has not really happened the past two years. Yeah, it's been it's a little, been a little bit uh, upsetting. I, I I still have some faith in Dotson. I think he's he was one, really one of our better recruits, and he, I think he's got a lot of potential. I think he's athletic. I think he definitely has potential. But it's been frustrating. It's almost like you have the injury bug, and then you have the tight end that tight ends drop the ball bug on the, the team this year. And it's frustrating. So I, I have faith in Dots. We still got two solid years left, and then shoot, we still have guys that have come are ready to go. Um, what Gillison and, and yeah, that's that's it right now. I don't think I don't think we have a recruit uh, committed for the 2019 class that's a tight end. I know we were recruiting that Justin Stevens guy from Ohio, but I can't really remember. Um, I, I I I don't know what happened to his recruitment. It's been a while, but uh, yeah, the, the tight end. I, I I do think Dotson will be better. Um, he's like you said, he was a highly rated recruit. Ohio State offered him. He had offers from all the big time big Big Ten programs, uh, and he for a while people thought he was going to Penn State, but MSU was able to hold them off and get him. Um, yeah, like Trent Gillison was a top 250 recruit, if I remember correctly. So it's not like they don't have talent there. It's just a matter of execution. And yeah. that's part of my problem with the with Bowman is you're not seeing it. <laughs> it's that simple. <laughs> no, and I agree. I agree with that. Um, probably the other area like we talked about is the offensive line development. There's just been – I think part of the problem, though, is, I mean – Chemistry of the offensive line group is the most important unit to have chemistry. It's not even close either. And you have to, for that to be the case, you have to be healthy up front. And they weren't healthy up front. And, I mean, we dog on Tyler Higby a lot and all that, and probably rightfully so to an extent. But the guy is playing every position on the offensive line. I mean, how hard would that be to try to establish yourself uh, as a good lineman when you're playing every position? That's really frustrating so hopefully next year we we have great health but more than anything on the offensive line because that'll make a huge difference and I think when you got big big dudes like Dobbs and uh, Brown are coming in there's some really solid I mean Duplain 
these guys are all very, very solid recruits, and I think they fit the Michigan State mold. And I think I think you're definitely. I'd be shocked if you don't see Dobbs out there from day one. Oh, he's yeah, he he'll play next year for sure. I I would be very surprised. My issue is, and don't I hate singling out college kids. Just just gonna throw that out there because I I know that they work hard. They don't they're they're on scholarship. They don't get paid, and they're working their butts off every single every single year. Yeah, exactly. And uh, like like these, I give it. Pro pro athletes are kind of that's kind of fair game, but I don't like going after college kids. Um, but to your point, I, I agree. I and part part of the issue is that none of these guys are over three hundred pounds. Yeah, like they, they, these Michigan State, the successful Michigan State offensive lines that you've seen in the past have two, three guys that are usually over three hundred pounds, and this just doesn't have it right now. And like you said, we, there's some reinforcements coming in. They redshirted James Ohanba this year. We'll see what he can do. He's that guy is huge, like 350 pounds, yeah. like huge guy. Um, so, I mean, th- there's plenty of talent coming in. And I I think that Staten has. I wouldn't say he's recruited well overall because that wouldn't be true. But th- this incoming class, he did a really good job of getting some guys. Oh, this is. And I, I think another person noted we have not taken a lot of offensive line prospects in the last few years. This year we, we've taken more guys, that which more numbers is, is good. You know, that's it's good to see uh, that. And, I mean, I even like you saw a guy like Buter came in this year and he's a walk, he was a walk-on starting this year. And he, he's got potential to be some uh, depth piece next year. So there, there's a benefit to the injuries. A few guys were able to stand out and, and create themselves. And then I think you got like Jarvis is a good lineman. I think, I think two wins when he's healthy is pretty solid too. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a benefit to the injuries that, that we don't necessarily talk about. And that's the development and guys getting reps on the field is a big, big thing. I, I actually think that that helped out that, that 2017 team is that a lot of guys that like Joe Bocci is a guy who probably doesn't play most years as a true freshman, but he got forced in and the Maryland game in the middle of the season in 2016, there's, there's no doubt that helped him the next season. No doubt. Um, So we'll see what happens. I mean, like you said, there was a lot of injuries. Some guys got some guys that got some playing time this year were guys we definitely did not expect to see a lot of just because of those injuries. Um, But there needs to definitely be – I think that there needs to be a change. They probably got to change up the scheme a little bit too. Like, I'm not an X's and O's guy, but half the time I can tell what play we're calling from my seat yeah. in the stadium, and but, that's not a good thing. Well, part of it is who has a pro-style scheme, and it, it pro-style is inherently a little bit predictable, but which is, to me, I don't think that a lot of people will argue you should make an entire change of an offensive philosophy. I don't think they should necessarily do that because – the goal of the D'Antonio team is the same goal the Trestle teams had. It's win at the line of scrimmage, uh, be, control the clock, and and uh, impose your physical will on your opponent. And that, with all those things together, you want your offense to control the clock and you want your defense to dominate. And that's what uh, that's what we can do with this with this defense. We absolutely can do that. That's not to say though you can't get a little bit more creative. You can add some things to the playbook. You know, I mean, 
if we were doing the Wildcat in 2007, then it'd be a pretty dang good thing. Right. It's not 2007 anymore. Yeah, please. Please don't call that on a third and 20. <laughs> don't do that ever again. Like, please. Instance, like I, one thing that I think they added that is good and it fits the strength of our quarterbacks is they, the, the option is a very good thing you can run. I mean, you can, yeah. you can work with the option. You can work with RPO. You can work with uh, things like that um, and catch guys off guard. But you also have to be smart about how you call it. You're not nece- you don't necessarily want to go to the short side of the field every time you call a dang option because that's less for room for you to run and that's less space for the defense to cover. So you have to you have to be creative about how you use it. Now that doesn't mean you can't ever run an option to the short side of the field. That just means don't always do it to the short side. Of the field. Right. They're going to expect it. Exactly. That's my biggest issue is that a lot of the stuff they run is expected because I remember excuse me in the uh after the BYU game in 2016, obviously that season was just god awful in itself. But they, uh, th- th- there was, I remember one of the media members, I can't remember who it was, uh, tweeted out that one of their coaches like ran off the field. They said they did exactly, they, they did nothing to surprise us. They did the exact same thing. And I get it. That's part of a somewhat part of a pro style offense. But you have to have at least a little bit of creativity in a there. A few wrinkles in there. And I mean, uh, like I said, I talked to you about this during the Rutgers game. I thought the the timing of what Warner called on that last drive was excellent because he, he and he might need he just needs to do more of it. So uh, you look at it and you you look at the situation. What they started that last drive that they had the ball. Well, the one before they iced the game, they started that drive down ten seven. They Sowers had a nice return. I think they, they got to the third. Thirty-five yard line, yeah. And uh, there was two straight throws, I believe, where Rocky just didn't hit his guy, and it was, you know, it, they just weren't good. Throws. They were not good throws. And, <laughs> and, and he missed them. He missed his targets, and it was frustrating because there was, I think, Daryl Stewart was open over the middle, and yep. one of them was Cody White. And there was a couple other times in the previous drive where Cody White was wide open, and he just didn't hit him. But so Dave Warner saw that and said, okay. On third down, he calls the option, and I know you were frustrated with that call. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> and, and I was okay with it, though, because I recalled in the Nebraska game, he, Rocky got like three or four first downs on third down from running using his legs, and a, a couple of them were designed quarterback draws, and I think another one was a, an option play. Well, the same thing happened there. Rocky is – I think Rocky's got room to improve for sure, mostly in his – poise and decision making and and really he's got a uh he's got a very strong arm he's just got to work on the accuracy a little bit um but he he's i think where he is at a starter level is his ability to use his feet and and uh especially in a big play like that he he's very poised and using his feet uh in, in those situations so and and he can run people over i mean he's not afraid to Put his put his head down and run you over, and so that play was very good. And then the other play that got the touchdown, the Cody White, uh, the Cody White play, that was incredible because Cody White was a ticking time bomb waiting to happen with a yes. couple missed throws to him, and you knew you almost knew if Cody got the ball in his hands, he was going to score because he he was you know he was wide open, he was making plays. 
he was getting himself in a position to make plays. It just the ball wasn't getting in his hands. The ball yep, got I, in his hands and he executed. I, I remember one play. I think we were inside the ten, our, our own ten yard line, and you and I both saw this right away. You see Cody White streaking downfield. He's wide open. There's nobody near him. It would have been a touchdown. Yep. If the ball gets to him. He, you could tell he was just frustrated. He's walking back to the huddle and he's just shaking his head. And I know I felt kind of bad for him because you see, like he's probably one of the better wide receivers in the Big Ten. Yeah, he doesn't get the ball nearly as much as he probably should. Yeah, no doubt. He's 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 a playmaker. He's he's probably as sure hands as you get, and he he can make plays all over the field. He can make plays down the field. He can make plays in the slot. He can make plays in the middle of the field he's he's all over the place so I really think uh yeah he's he's a playmaker and when you have people that are playmakers you've got to be able to scheme to get guys open I mean you saw I mean I don't want to get too much of a tangent but if you want to talk about excellent scheming go look at the Michigan Ohio State game Ohio State won that game totally by their offensive scheme they picked apart Michigan's defense which was a a very stout defense for most of the year. They picked them apart. They went, they attacked the middle of the field. They found Watson who was a liability and they exploited it. And I mean, steam is about watching film, finding, finding holes in the defense and saying, okay, how do we, how do we use our athletes, our best players? How do we get the ball in their hands to, to exploit a defense and to, to uh, make, make chunk plays and then, Eventually, when you make enough chunk plays, the defense gets caught off guard, and you make a big play, and you, you, you put a game away. See, uh, that's what uh, I wish the staff would sometimes do because they don't use a lot of these short passes as much as I'd like them to use sometimes yeah. uh, against defenses like Michigan. We weren't going to win that game regardless just based on the injuries and the circumstances of that entire game. Uh, but I, it, it was it was definitely frustrating watching part of that game. Which game was that? The game we went third and twenty Wildcat, and uh, or was that was that I the Ohio so. State game? It was it was either that or the Ohio State game. And I'm Might like, have been both. What? <laughs> it's just stuff like that that drives me nuts. I don't, I, and it's really frustrating because you know if this offense is, you know, in the seventies like it was last year. It, this team is probably playing on Saturday, just based on the defense. Yeah, yeah, you know? I agree. And that's uh, what this year is so frustrating. But that's what gives you hope for next year because pretty much the whole—I mean, most of the defense comes back next year. I mean, you have you have some big, you have some losses. I mean, Kari Willis is a notable loss. Uh, Reshke has played some big. He played well. He played well Saturday. Yeah, Rashke's played some big minutes. So you have some notable losses, but you also have guys that you essentially are adding to the team because I mean Josiah Scott wasn't on the team all for right. most of the year, and I mean Josh Butler is missed time. Josh Butler was pretty he'll, good when he played. Yeah, he'll um, be back next year. Yeah, yeah, that's he'll right. Be, he'll be back, Josh Butler, and I mean Trey Person and Shakur Brown. Those guys have gotten minutes i think tyreek thompson is he played pretty well molding um yeah you got brandon randall is starting to make he was that speaking of brandon randall he gets held all the time (laughs) yeah he does him oh my god him and kenny always kenny wilkes always gets held too but they don't seem to call that guy's a just a wrecking crew so uh, i i did we saw a few i think raekwon got held pretty bad in that game too yep but yeah 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 they bring back like 
Brandon Randall is a guy who got significantly, you could see, so he got significantly better this season. Yep. Uh, he, I mean, he didn't get the sack numbers you'd like, but he definitely made it. He, he made an impact on a lot of quarterbacks. <laughs> I mean, you know, but that's all you want. You want to get some pressure and the, the defense was able to do that this year. And, and you do, it is, we do need another guy on the other end to step up because you can't depend on Kenny the entire time. I mean, you can, but it'd be nice to have a, another a, a defensive end, push. another dominant pass. Whether it's, uh, whether it's a, a Jack Camper or Jacob Ponishuk or whoever step up and, and start to make those plays. And I, I think you'll slowly start to see uh, them – get a little bit better I think they they got their feet wet more this year and I think they're gonna get better and then I mean you bring back Joe Bashi is probably the he's a he's almost an unsung hero because even though we know he's one of the best defenders Kenny's been so good that you almost forget how good Joe Bashi is I mean what do you throw four three fumbles against Maryland that's unbelievable yep. yeah he, and honestly he didn't he wasn't he I didn't think he was as good as I thought he would be this year. I mean, he was still – granted, he's – I think he's still a second-team Big Ten uh, player this year. But he, I, th- I I don't think he met my expectations. But I think part of that is because we had such a good pass rush that you didn't need him. You did, be, yeah, you didn't need him. He made plays when he had to. I mean, you think about the Utah State game. He literally won the game because – Because of that interception. He tipped yeah. it and he picked it. You know, yep. there's a lot of guys on the field who make those plays like that. So uh, it's good to see. Um, it's good to see that. I think we're going to miss Kari Willis tremendously. He's Absolutely. A lot of really big plays. He's made a lot of big tackles, first of all. And he's also just made – he's been there in the big moment. I, I know he had that forced fumble against Penn State. That was huge. Yep. Yeah. He, he Talk about a guy who improved over four years. Oh, my. I remember he was – he played as a true freshman in that Michigan game. It was him and Grayson Miller both of our starting safeties in that game? Uh, yeah, talk about it. I, he was he, he was so frustrating as a sophomore. I remember just him. He got burned so many times. And but then, like the, the last year, he was he was solid. And then this year, he's he's been an All Big Ten player this year. Yeah, I, I'd be it'd be a shame if he's not on one of those All Big Ten teams. And, and uh, Andrew Dowell is another loss. I, and he's a guy as well who. He was really good as a freshman. I thought he regressed as a sophomore, and he was eh, he was okay last year, but this year he was he was a he was really good. I thought I mean I I think he's going to get honorable mention Big Ten. I don't think he's going to be on a team, but he was definitely a plus player. Oh yeah, year. and and he was rewarded. He got the most improved uh, defensive player at the banquet yesterday, and very much deserving of that award. He, he really improved this year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that the, I, I, you know, I don't know if this is fair to him because I, th- I thought I thought those interception numbers inflated his play last year, but I thought David Dowell was the only one that wasn't as good as he was the season before. Yeah, which and, and he still had timely play. There was a couple plays, you know, where he could have made it, and it might have been as good of a year. You know, I remember that there was that tipped ball against Michigan that fell into I think Gentry's hand. Mm-hmm. He makes that interception, you know, that game might be a little bit different too, you know. So yep. there's a lot of things because they scored on that drive. That was when they, they did. Scored. That was, that was the DPJ play, I think. Yeah. No, that was that was the first DPJ was in the. Oh, that game. was the first drive. Was yeah. that the first drive the of the first, game, or they not the first drive of the game? But their first scoring drive. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. But that was a big moment. So 
and he was almost there. I mean, sometimes it's just you don't win it, you know. Sometimes you don't get lucky. But th- those are plays, you know, he might he made last year that he didn't get this year. But sometimes it's just that the ball doesn't bounce your way. So right. He's definitely a guy that will, will be uh, pivotal to the defense next year. And then you got a guy like Xavier Henderson who's got a lot of reps under his belt now. Mm-hmm. And who's going to be ready to step in right away. And then you got other guys like, you know, Kaywon Gervin was, you know, what, our number one recruit last year. He did. Yep, he's top gonna, recruit. He's going to get a red shirt this year, and he's going to be ready to step in. And think about the depth you have at in the secondary. You got Kaywon, you got Shakir Brown, you got Trey Person, you got Josh Butler, you got Josiah Scott, you got Justin Lane. That's a lot of depth. And hopefully Dom Long, who I thought was really good on special teams last season, can yeah. step up. Because I, I didn't see him a lot of him this year, but he's a guy who's really athletic, and I'd love to see him take a step forward next yes, season. definitely. Uh, yeah, and I, I, we didn't really talk much about the quarterback situation, so we'll get into that a little bit too. Um. I, I I know some people were really high on Rocky after that Purdue game. I was excited, but I, I a lot of people were saying, oh, he's better than Lewerke is. Well, he's not better than a healthy Brian Lewerke. No, so not at this that's, point. Nope. No. Uh, and you wouldn't I, expect him to be anyway. No, it's not fair to him to expect that. Uh, and and I, I think that Brian will be okay next year, assuming that he didn't lose his confidence this season, I think that he will be the starting quarterback next year, yep. and I, that's the way it should be. The offense, the offense is, I mean, sometimes an off season is just a really, really good time for guys to regroup, and and I mean, that's why you kind of can see such a shift. I mean, we went from three and nine last year to ten and three in twenty seventeen to seven and five this year. So you can see they'll ability an off season is a momentum changer in itself because it could either go one way or another. And uh, it depends, you know, early in the season can set the stage for what it's like. We had injuries very, very early on in the year. We had, we had guys, you know, I mean, even remember the Arizona state game. We had the injuries even started there. Ponishu, Jacob Ponishu didn't make the trip. You had Jack yep. Camper had to step in. Tyreek Thompson didn't play that game because of that BS noise. (laughs) (laughs) So that set the stage for, unfortunately, what was an injury plague season. And we just never bounced back from the injuries. And it almost was like, you know, who was – I know Brian said – Brian Lorkey said multiple times, you just kind of say – how does this keep happening? And I just really wish it doesn't happen anymore. He didn't. He, yeah, I remember what a quote during the Penn State game when they had all those receivers that got hurt. He didn't even know who was in the huddle like for a few plays. There were so <laughs> many guys that were injured. Sure. I remember C.J. Hayes was getting a ton of reps in that game. Yes. And even he got, you know, Larice Nelson. Brandon Sowers, bless his soul, has been out there many times. Uh, that poor guy. I actually feel bad for him. <laughs> and so all those guys, you know, that were not necessarily expected to play significant roles had to. And, you know, you had positions where they weren't being put in the best slot. So, I mean, one thing that frustrated me with the Brandon Sowers situation is this is a guy that, you know, they were running plays for him in verticals. And I'm like, okay, that, he's no. he's a slot. <laughs> Run right. short routes and let him catch the ball and get a little bit of uh, yardage after the catch. And he's he's okay. He's a viable player if you use right. him that way. But he wasn't used that way. And it's not his fault he's the one getting thrown out there. 
Yep. That's not, I, so don't direct your hatred towards him is all I'm trying to say. He's yes, up. it's frustrating when he's on the field sometimes, especially when he's the guy back there returning punts. But he is the, <laughs> it's not his fault he's being put in the situation. So don't be no. stupid no. and tweet at him or do something dumb like that because it's embarrassing. Don't do it. Don't do that. And, <laughs> you know, just applaud, applaud him for giving him his all and, and doing what's asked of him. And he's doing what he, he, he can to help the team. And I hope, I hope next year maybe he takes significant strides and is one of the more improved players. Maybe these reps will help him, you know, and maybe he has a, a role where he's not asked to be the, the full-time guy, but he can step in on certain packages. Like I said, you know, in, in those short uh, slot routes and stuff, he's, he's got potential there. Right. And, and there, there's, there's a couple guys coming in next year. I don't know if, Julian Barnett's going to wind up being a DB or a wide receiver. That's a guy who's probably going to play a lot next year. And I don't know, Trey Mosley might be able to step in and get some playing time too. So they're like, well, while MSU is losing Felton Davis and he's been out obviously since the Michigan game, unfortunately, it's a really sad situation. Um, he, MSU is bringing back almost everybody wide receiver wise, other than Felton Davis. Yep. So they should, should be fine there. Really the whole skill position unit. I mean, you lose, you lose Matt, or you lose Matt Sokol. You lose, uh, Felton Davis and that's it. Felton Davis. And I mean, you get LJ Scott, you yep. basically are adding LJ Scott because he didn't really play this year. So. And, the, and I know people like to rag on LJ Scott, but he could have made a difference on, I oh, think absolutely. this year, because I don't think, and no, not, nothing against Connor Hayward. I like him. I think he's a good football player, but he's—I don't think he's a running back. I really don't. I—I I, I don't think he has the vision. His best skill is his ability to catch the football. I mean, absolutely, he's made multiple one-hand catches this year, and I think he's good when you get him the ball in space. I think he can make people miss, and I think he's just a bigger guy who can get you some extra yards. But he's not. You ask him to be the to try to be like the the bell cow of the running game and that's just not who he is. Nope. You know? And so he 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 he's gonna give you a lot of all purpose here. I mean he led the team in all purpose yardage uh this year actually. But he's he's better when you can use him in many, many ways. Whereas LJ Scott's the guy he's the the horse that you can continue to hand the ball and He's going to continue to get those extra yardage for you, and he's got the best vision of anybody Absolutely. in the running back group. Yeah, yeah. He could, I, I see some holes that I think Connor Hayward could probably hit, and I just think, man, if LG Scott was the running back, it's, that's a 10, 15-yard gain on yep. that play. And and he can. he's just an athlete. I mean, sometimes he'll jump over hurdle people to get the extra yardage. So, I, know, I mean, he's he's not your speed guy, but yeah, he's going to get you those tough yards. You know, I mean, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to run through on plays. And yep. That, that's what he's always been able to do. Yep. From the, from the very beginning, the big 10 championship game freshman year. Yep. And I, like I said, man, the, the things that, the things that need to improve next year, are the QB play. And I think that's going to be get better with the worky. I think some of the scheme needs to improve and the offensive line needs to get, Needs to take a huge step forward next yep. year. And they can. I mean, they can. I think if you look, you know, you even look at Michigan, their offensive line had drastic improvements this year. So I think and, – and and I'll give credit. I hate giving credit to Jim Harbaugh, but I'll give him credit. He went out and hired Ed Warner, who I think is a very, very good offensive line coach. Yep. I think that was a big difference in their season this yep. year. 
Yep. And then just some of their more talented guys stepped up. And I think what everybody hoped for the future for this offensive line is we are bringing in horses at that position. There are big guys, some highly recruited guys that a lot of people wanted. And, and we brought in more of them, too. There's depth. There's a lot more depth. And I think there's just a lot of potential with these young guys. And then there's probably some guys that played this year that maybe didn't have the best year who just because they've got those reps and that experience who will be very good players down the road. So yeah, we've seen that all the time with MSU's linemen where they, they may not have necessarily been incredible when they played as a freshman or sophomore, but they're junior senior and they got a lot better. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that pretty much covers football. Uh, we got to get a little bit, I think we, we should probably get some basketball in. Yeah, um, let's do it. So MSU plays Louisville tomorrow at Louisville and, Louisville has played the two the two tough teams they played they've lost to they lost to Marquette and they lost to uh, one one second let me bring it up I had it uh who did they 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 played Tennessee didn't they I think they lost to them I'm not totally sure but uh, yeah they do have two lot they got Chris Mack as the new coach now yep they're it's definite, and so it's in. It's in obviously in Louisville. So it's, it's yeah. They lost to Tennessee by eleven, and Tennessee took U, uh, KU to overtime in that championship game. Okay. In that tournament. And then, and I know they played uh, Marquette pretty tough, but Marquette yeah, they lost good. lost to them by three. They the other games, the, the three wins that they have are Nickel State, Southern, and Vermont. I think Vermont's supposed to be pretty good this year. I I don't know. I I would assume Southern's terrible. They lost. They beat them by 50 yeah so <laughs> um, but uh yeah louisville i don't know a ton about them i i i i'm not sure who oh they have malik they i forgot they have malik williams a guy who we recruited really hard and he yeah. wound up going to louisville um so i mean they have talent on i think that they're a pretty young team they have a lot of talent um but it's just young and i don't know they're probably gonna be a bubble team this year i don't think that they're yeah, they're probably they're probably a bubble team. This is a game we should win. Yeah, but for sure, for sure. That, to simply put it, um, I like I said, it's. I mean, this is it's at Louisville, which is a tough place to play at, but definitely should win that game. I wouldn't be surprised if we lose at all. Um, you know, because it's it's on the road, and you never know what can happen. But MSU's got a pretty tough six game stretch coming up. They get. They play Louisville on Tuesday. Uh, Rutgers is probably going to be bad again. I think they'll be better than they were last year. Uh, so they go there on Friday. You got um, Iowa. Iowa on Monday. Next Monday. And then you go to Florida and Green Bay and Oakland. And I don't think Oakland Oakland took a step back, is taking a step back this year. I think I don't think they're that good. You probably know more about yeah, that. Yeah, they're, they're not very good. They, they're not a very good team this year. I mean – I think they always play up when they play MSU, but they, they, they don't have that typical score that they usually have. Uh, it's not the same. They actually use their inside game a little bit more this year. They, they've lost to – they had a tough loss to Toledo. They lost by one. I know they got blown out by uh, Northern Illinois uh, the other day. They played three games in a row, though, so ah, that's always yeah. tough to do. I, I've, that's kind of crazy. I don't know but, I don't know why he can't be scheduled that. He's crazy. Was it a tournament or was it just three straight games? I think it it was kind of like one of those weird tournaments where they kind of just schedule something, but it was like at Oakland. It was weird. But oh, that's odd. 
Yeah, so they they've had a couple close losses, and then then they they maybe they got blown out because they played three games in a row. I don't know, but because that was the third game, but they won the first two against James Madison and Oral Roberts. But uh, they 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 like to use their big guy. Uh, they don't really have that scorer that they typically. I mean, they they get scoring, but they don't have that you know Kendrick Nunn kind of guy or that K Felder kind of guy this year. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, they yeah, they always play us tough. So I don't know. I mean, should should definitely we've beat them every time, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, MSU just is coming off a pretty pretty impressive week where they destroyed UCLA. They beat them by twenty. It really wasn't even that close. Um, and they beat an impressive Texas team who's actually ranked now. They're number seventeen in the country. And they um, should be. Yeah, they, that's a good team. I was I was genuinely surprised. I thought for sure that North Carolina would beat them, and they handled North Carolina most of the game. I mean, North Carolina made it close to the end, but Texas controlled most of that game. Um, MS, yeah, Texas jumped off to a really hot start against MSU and nineteen point leads, yeah, yeah. nineteen point nine seventeen or nineteen point leads, what I remember, and MSU started. Picking it up on defense and uh, started hitting some shots, especially Josh Langford, who went off. He had 29 points. Yeah. Um, and was able to get an impressive win over a pretty good Texas team. So, uh, but I honestly, I've been pretty impressed with how the basketball team has played so far this year. Um, they kind of struggled with Kansas. The game wasn't as close, I thought, as the score was. Um, but they, they've beaten up on the inferior competition they've had and. They were able to beat UCLA and Texas. And I don't know how good UCLA is going to be this year, but I think Texas is going to be a pretty solid team. Yep, I I agree. I, I think Texas has got – I mean, Shaka Smart's defenses are always tenacious, and and they have, they have some good guard play going on. So that's going to be a win that you put on your resume and you say, okay, that's a really good win. I think UCLA is going to be one of those team that, teams that – maybe struggles early on, but with a with a weaker Pac-12, I think they're going to find their steps late in the season and they'll be a tournament team. Uh, just just because somebody's got to be a tournament team in that conference. Right. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the Pac-12 does not look good so far this season from what I've seen. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm a stew. Uh, obviously, Josh Langford has... He's been he's been pretty good so far this year. Cassius Winston's been about as good as I expected him to be. Uh, Nick Ward is, I mean he's he's been really good. Uh, other than the Kansas game, where honestly the, he ran he just ran into a better player and uh, God, what was that? I can't remember that guy's name. Was, what's their what's their power forward's name? I should know this. Who the guy the guy who the Kansas guy who destroyed Ward the entire game. Uh... I can't believe I can't remember I, I this name. It's a funny it's, name too. It's a catchy name. Hold I'm on looking it up. Yeah, I'm looking to Azabuki. That's yeah, Azabuki. God, I forgot. I can't believe I forgot that. Yeah, and they have what Gerald Vick and all those yeah, guys. Yeah, they have a lot of transfers that came in. But yeah, that Kansas is a really good team, and you know that, that was the one game where MSU just ran into a better team and lost. But uh, I think that. MSU is probably going to be one of the better teams in the Big Ten this year. Probably them and Michigan right now are, in my opinion, the top two teams. Yeah. No, I'd be shocked if it weren't. Uh, 
I, I don't. I mean, there's a couple of these other teams that are kind of jumping high in the rankings, like uh, Iowa and stuff. I mean, I don't know. I, Iowa had that win against Oregon, but I don't know how, how good or Oregon is. Yeah, yeah, so we'll have to really see. There's a couple of teams that really can could make uh, some noise in the Big Ten, but I think MSU and Michigan would be a shock if one of those two teams doesn't win the conference. I think you got maybe a, a much improved Wisconsin team. Purdue always is at least in the hunt, uh, but MSU should take care of that. They really got Carson Edwards, and you know he, he's like the main guy there. But there's 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 gonna I think the the Big Ten's gonna be competitive this year. I think that the winner of the conference, especially with the extended league schedule, could have five or six losses, and I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I agree with that. And also, I don't think there's a true national title contender in the Big Ten this year. No. But there, there's a lot more depth. Because, as you said, there's a huge cluster of teams that are uh, just at, like, between 22 and, I think, receiving votes to 28. There was just a huge cluster of Big Ten yep. teams. There's a lot of – they're going to beat up – teams are going to beat up on each other. Um, yeah, it's definitely a better league than it was last year for sure because uh, I think Iowa's going to be – I mean, this is kind of a make-or-break year for Fran McCaffrey because I think he's he's kind of in trouble because last year they really, really underachieved. But it looks like they're off to a pretty solid start. And uh, Indiana is supposed to be improved. They brought in Romeo Langford, who's – He's going to be a top five pick in the draft. Um, Purdue is Purdue. I mean, I don't trust them in March because I don't think Matt Painter's a good that good of a coach. But uh, they they have they have Carson Edwards. He's a really good player, as like yep. you said. And uh, who else? Oh, Wisconsin as well. Yeah, Ethan Happ yeah. have a big year. Demetrius uh, Trice is a pretty yeah. Good he's player. healthy now. He's been shooting really well this year. Yeah, he's healthy now. He's been playing well, and uh, they also have. Brad Davison, who I'm going to hate for another three years. <laughs> Good God. Talk about, oh, my God, that dude drove me insane last year. Aaron Kraft. No. Yeah, he's Aaron Kraft with a jump shot. <laughs> God, man. <laughs> they always have that one guy, I'm telling you. Uh, Wisconsin always does. I can't – who was the uh, – God, I can't remember one of the guy's names. The guy who hit all those threes was just obnoxious. <laughs> For who? That, that that explains a lot of Wisconsin white, a lot of white Wisconsin players. Oh, but I can't. Bronson Koenig. Yes, that guy drove me <laughs> nuts. That's who it was. Oh my god, yeah, he drove me insane. Uh, yeah, the Wisconsin always seems to have that one guy. So I don't know. Uh, but they they they, they should be a tournament team this year after missing it for like the first time in twenty years last year. I mean, a lot of that was, I think and due in part to injury and inexperience, but they're, they're much improved. Um, yeah, I think that's about that. That covers about all the teams. I think that are going to be pretty good. Oh, yeah. Ohio state's ranked. Too. Ohio I forgot state, about I them. Holtman's a good coach. I think so. I, think I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year, but no, I think but they definitely, they definitely have, have potential. So it, I don't know. I just think the big 10, they're going to beat up on each other, but I, I think you'll at least see, six, seven tournament teams in the conference. I mean, Nebraska, you know, uh, Nebraska should be okay this year. Yeah, that's right. They, I, they, they were up there, too. I forgot about them. I always forget about Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, they're, and that's always a tough 
place to go in and play. Their their basketball fans are surprisingly pretty good. So. Mm-hmm. Well, what else, there's nothing else to do there, Mike. So, <laughs> I mean, they've got all they have is football, Nebraska football, and basketball there in cornfields. <laughs> Sorry if I offended anybody from uh, Nebraska, but Spray yeah. Broder was the best thing ever invented. Both in, in Nebraska and Iowa. Oh man, yeah, that's yeah, that's about. That sounds about right. Yeah, so that yeah, Nebraska's they that they have a couple guys on their team. They brought back almost their entire team from last year, so they should be pretty good. And they 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 almost made the tournament last year. So they, yeah, they should be they should I think that they'll be in the top twenty five most of the season for sure. Yep. Uh yeah, that's I you got a prediction for the game tomorrow? I, uh, I think that we're I think that we're gonna run I think we're gonna be running a lot and I think that we're gonna try and tire them out. But they also yeah, yeah, I don't know if they think, do you know if they still do that? No, because it's Chris Mack now. I was thinking do they still do that full that full court press that Patino always used to do, but yeah. they probably don't even have that anymore. And you know what though? I mean this team's ability to shoot gives them a lot of potential offensively for MSU. They can break down zones and they can they can beat you know many different types of defenses. So I think I think it depends on how does MSU shoot. If they when they lose games this year, it's probably going to be because they shot poorly. And they they Izzo teams always turn the dang ball over, especially early in the season. That's always been a characteristic. I mean, when you run up and down the floor. You're trying to score quickly. You're trying to beat teams, you know, in that manner. You're gonna turn the ball over, but you gotta you gotta limit the unforced ones. That you know, Cash is throwing the ball way over people's head and all that stuff. You gotta limit that, especially on especially on the road, for sure. Yep. Yeah. So I think I pick. I would say MSU wins this game by five to ten points, but I think Louisville keeps it close for most of the game and. MSU makes just enough shots to to put put it away late, and and uh, Nick Ward Nick Ward's you know shows a little bit in the post. I'll say probably let's go uh, eighty two seventy five. Okay, I don't know I don't know who's gonna go who I don't, I don't know if Malik Williams is gonna be matched up with Nick Ward, but I'm gonna be interested if they try because I know Malik Williams can shoot. Yeah, so I don't know if they're going to try and bring Nick Ward out in the perimeter to guard him, or what's going to happen. So I'm interested. That's the inter- that's the matchup I'm interested to see if that happens. But uh, I guess you should win this game. I think that I think Louisville is going to keep it within five. Actually, I don't know if they put out a spread yet for this game. How many look? But uh, I, I expect MSU to win. I think MSU is going to try to run a lot because that's what they've been doing a lot this year. MSU is favored by five. So. Um, I, I yes. expect I expect Louisville to cover the spread, and I think that MSU. I, I think it'll be a high-scoring game. Give me, give me MSU seventy-seven seventy-four. I think MSU will win. That's fair. So that's what I've got. So I think that covers about everything we were going to talk about. I think we'll probably preview the Rutgers game. Maybe we'll see how their schedule works out. But yeah. I think that's the plan. Well, what do you want to? Have the podcast once a week and or something or we yeah that's cool with me and we just do it next Monday again. All right, let's do that and then we'll 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 try to we'll put it on the page and maybe people will give us a name. I'm sure they're gonna say something about helmets and yep. stupid stuff like that. Yep, but... I know that's what's gonna happen. You know, it's <laughs> gonna be the predictable comments. But but maybe if somebody gives us a a, a cooler name that that we can flow with and. You know, hopefully we get some listens and and people, you know, people enjoy the content and they can maybe give us ideas for 
maybe segments we can do or whatever. I'd be absolutely. I'm open. I'm open to whatever, man. We kind of just did this from scratch and just came up with the idea today. And, so. and I don't know how many uh, people this app allows, but maybe we can have guests or whatever. Yeah, come, for sure. Because I know we weren't able to do that with the Facebook lives we would do. So we can have guests and we can we can bring them on and, and discuss, you know, some things. And I, I think this would be a I'd good really thing. like to get some of my Twitter followers from different different teams on here when we play them. Yeah. That's that sounds good. So the Michigan gonna, one will be interesting. I, I I already I already have somebody in mind for Michigan. So I've, I've already Stay told away him. Go I, no, it ain't gonna be him. It's gonna be somebody else. So I I, I he told me I could I, I would go on on his podcast and he'd come on mine. So we, good. yeah. So so we got it figured out. So all right. So I'm gonna try and post this. See how it goes. But all right, we're out. Go green. All right, go white. Peace out.